Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Old-time Big Ten football. Yeah. Touchdown, Purdue! Welcome in to another edition of Behind the Rails of Purdue Football Podcast on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Bryce Vance. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, before we get too much further in the video here, make sure you subscribe, follow the show wherever you're listening or watching. As we noted in our first episode of the 2023 season, you can watch the show on YouTube at youtube.com slash behind the rails but if you're listening in podcast form if you're listening in the car or wherever in your house connected to a bluetooth speaker what have you uh, make sure you subscribe uh, or follow the show apple podcast spotify or on overcast there's uh, quite a few of you who listen on that app as well after looking through some of the metrics on the show after posting the first episode earlier this week this episode, we are going to dive into the offense, and we're going to give you a little preview of what the Purdue offense could look like this season. We're going to get to the defense, but that'll be an episode all by itself next week, and maybe in that episode, we'll touch on some of the special teams as well before we get to a look at the schedule as a whole and kind of a season preview of what this team will look like going into the 2023 season. So there's a lot to get to here on the offense. Let's dive right into it. I want to go kind of quarterback, running back, offensive line, and then looking at the receiving core with the receivers and tight ends. And I will probably jump around maybe a little bit mixing in uh, each position uh, with each you know topic that we get to. But I kind of want to go the strength of this offense kind of to the weakness as we get through the positions here on the offensive side of the ball. As we touched on, it's going to be under Graham Harrell's offense as he is the OC uh, coming over from West Virginia, previously at USC, North Texas. And uh, we kind of went in through uh, how Hudson Card will kind of uh, maybe potentially, hopefully for Purdue fans, unlock Graham Harrell's offense that, you know, whether or not you agree, you know, Maybe it wasn't totally his offense at West Virginia under Neil Brown. Maybe this is him being having the ability to be more open, more free with the play calling and what uh, plays get decided in certain situations. But I want to go through the positions and what the strengths are and weaknesses that uh, are provided at each position. So let's start out with quarterback. I think this is going to be the strength of the offense this season with Hudson Card, the transfer from Texas. Uh, I think after last season, him playing sparingly when Quinn Ewers was down, you got to see the the talents, the capabilities of Quinn Ewers. He can definitely sling the ball around. He can run it quite a bit. And I think he does a good job of protecting the ball. His completion percentage uh, was 70% at Texas. 
He only had one interception through six touchdowns. And after he decided to jump in the transfer portal, he looked for a destination like Purdue that was going to have an offense under Graham Harrell that is going to be up-tempo, throw the ball around, use a lot of his skill set with running the ball. So I think this offense could fit him very well uh, with all the aspects of Graham Harrell's offense that I think we're anticipating in with using uh, Card's legs to whether get outside of the pocket or or you know go some on straight runs um, with some bootlegs and stuff like that. Um, but then using the the short intermediate passing game um, before we get into the receivers, you know how where the strengths lie with that. But I think kind of that we touched on last time. I think Card fits what Harrell wants in this offense. Uh, so I don't know that we really need to dive onto that much deeper because we delve deep onto it, you know, pretty well uh, for quite a few minutes on the last episode. But I think Cousin Cards should unlock this offense and should have all the weapons at his disposal, whether or not those weapons outside are producing, I think is another story that we'll get to here in a moment. I think if you look at the weakness of this position, I think it's depth and and experience because you lose Aiden O'Connell, who is Las Vegas Raiders preseason legend Aiden O'Connell. I think that what you are doing with replacing him as Aiden O'Connell, if you look at the record books of Purdue football, his name is in the top 10 in a lot of categories. So you're replacing a quarterback that's been very productive. Um, And when you bring in quarterbacks like Benedict Merrith or Meredith, excuse me, um, after Hudson Card, seems like a significant drop-off. You know, there's not a lot of experience, whether it's Ryan Brown, Kyle Adams. Um, I I just don't see a whole lot of experience. So you're kind of putting a lot of eggs into that basket of Hudson card. And what is he able to do? Can he stay healthy? Even though he might be running the ball some, can he stay healthy? Can he stay upright? Can he stay in the game? Because he did have a little bit of, uh, he was a little banged up in that Alabama game and a couple games after that. And I think that it's not going to, hopefully you're not bringing that over into West Lafayette as well. Hopefully he can stay upright, healthy, be productive. I think what Purdue fans would want, what I would want to see out of him is that, you know, he uses his legs wisely. He's not doing a ton of uh, straight runs, you know, only in certain situations where you can take advantage of maybe the way the defense is lining up and you see a a wide open lane, uh, but make sure you're still being smart uh, with and protecting the football and protecting yourself so that you can have a very good productive season, which I think Hudson card can have. So the the one concern would be the depth of this position, but I still think it's a position with Hudson card at the top that I think is, is going to be very productive this season. I would anticipate him uh, being very accurate with the ball, uh, not throwing into uh, double and triple coverage. I think, you know, his touchdown to interception ratio speaks for itself, even though it's a small sample. I would, I would think with what he has at his disposal, I think is, is definitely going to uh, make sure that he is a productive quarterback uh, for, for Purdue this season. I keep saying the word productive over and over again, because that's what you want him to be. He doesn't need to go out and sling the ball around 
um, 50 times a game, even though there has been situations under Jeff Brom, but this is going to be a, a different type of offense. I think there might be a little bit more balanced uh, than, than what Purdue has been in the past. Um, I think if, if card is throwing the ball 35 times a game, I think that's probably the range you want to be in. And I think that would mean the offense is being productive and moving the ball. I think you're going to still see some deep shots down the field. I think you have uh, the guys out wide to do it. I mean, if, if you've been following Purdue on social media, uh, they're, they've been promoting that this, this offense is going to be high flying. And, you know, that's what, that's what a lot of Purdue fans are hoping for is that there is a significant step forward with this offense because the offense in a lot of ways was slightly, slightly below average or just average last season. So things need to improve for Purdue to be competitive in the Big Ten West this season and going forward in 2024 and beyond with when the, the conference you know changes its shape and, and adds the teams from the West Coast. Things need to improve for this offense uh, to be competitive, for this team to be competitive, and so that the defense isn't on the field all the time. And, uh, and the defense you know, has a lot of weak spots that we'll touch on uh, next episode that if they get into trouble, it could, you know, spell disaster in certain games for Purdue this season. Let's move on to the next strength of this offense that I think is maybe, uh, maybe even more than quarterback. I think it's running back. You bring back Devin Mockaby, who nearly got to a thousand yards and looking that up. And I had known that he was close to a thousand yards uh, prior to this. It was, you know, going into that Indiana game, is he going to get up to a thousand yards and in, in, in the, in the big 10 championship game, is he going to get to a thousand yards? Are they going to have their first 1000 yard rusher in, in 15 seasons? Um, if, if you're a diehard Purdue fan and I asked one today in doing research for uh, this podcast, shout out to my buddy, Kale, When's the last time and who was it that was the last 1,000-yard rusher? And he got it first guess. It was, it's Corey Sheets back in 2008, the last year under Joe Tiller. Um, a team, I think, that finished about 4-8. and eight, uh, Probably a disappointing season in a lot of respects for that Purdue team. But to not have a 1,000-yard rusher in 15 years, that's that's pretty crazy. Can Maccabee be the first one since Corey Sheets? I think so. If if I were to project what Maccabee is going to be this season, I think he is going to be that thousand yard rusher. You got to remember, got up to like a slow start last year because he just really didn't know how he was going to fit in with the this offense and kind of exploded um, in the first after the first couple of games and then was just a revelation from the rest of the season. And it was very productive. You can put him in a phone booth and he's still going to be able to get out of it uh, without getting touched by anybody. If you watch any of the highlights from last season, I think he was very, very productive. And I think you need him to be that once again, the way that they use him may look a little differently last year, but if if I'm Graham Harrell, I wouldn't change it up uh, a, a ton. 
get him the ball, get him the ball in space. He caught the ball 32 times last year. That's that's the one thing that does concern me about Graham Harrow's offense. They didn't get the ball to the running back out of the backfield uh, all that often, and they had some talented running backs at West Virginia last season. Um, now that that could change. Um, as I said, you know, it might have been Neil Brown calling the plays last season. Uh, maybe the quarterbacks just weren't getting the ball um, or having that read of, or that check down to the running back. But I think you need for this offense, you need to have that option of going to Devin Mockaby or Dylan Downing or Tyrone Tracy Jr. I, I think you need to get those guys the ball in space, uh, especially Mockaby, who can uh, make so many people jump out of their shoes on a juke. I mean, he did it numerous amount of times with cutbacks using his vision, which I think is is very, very, very good. Uh, maybe one of the best running back, um, his best his traits, probably the best at it, one of the best in college football. I think if you can just find ways to get him the ball, get him in space, this offense is going to do a lot of really good things. Now, I think Dylan Downing is going to have a similar impact that he did last year, finding a way to get Tyrone Tracy into the rotation as well. I think it'd be beneficial uh, to help Maccabi and Downing stay fresh. I think that if you keep that rotation in there, I think it could be a very, very productive unit and and help out this offense in, in a lot of different ways. Let's move into the offensive line, which I think will be a strength this year. Uh, before we get into that, let me let me take a sip here from the unnamed uh, receptacle there. Not a not a, don't want to mention that they're not a sponsor, so. They could be if if you saw the logo there at the bottom of the cup. They could reach out and sponsor the show if they wanted. Be happy to take them. Offensive line. We know some of the guys that are coming back: Hartwig, Bo, Musa. Those guys are coming back. Started quite a few games last few seasons. That trio um, with uh, with Bo and. Hartwig coming back inside, you feel like that part is solidified a little bit. You have your left tackle and Musa uh, settled out there. It's just those other questions at guard and tackle. How is this going to look? Who is going to be filling in? Is it going to be a guy from the transfer portal? Is it going to be Jalen Grant? Is it going to be Daniel Johnson filling in a right tackle? I think he's probably going to be uh, the guy out at right tackle, but there's still a question of, is it Jalen Grant? Is it Preston Nichols? Both those guys out of the transfer portal for Purdue. Is either of those guys going to step up and uh, and give this offensive line a boost under Marcus Johnson, the first-year line coach out of Missouri? I think when you look at what Johnson's offensive lines have done at his previous stops at Missouri, I believe he was at Duke before uh, as well, They've all held up really well. They've all done really well. Uh, Missouri had, uh, I think, a couple of guys reach over 400 yards. Um, three different guys go over 400 yards last year. I think, you know, very similar production uh, to what Purdue had last season. I think if this offensive line can just be solid or take that next step up and be above average, I think that this offense, again, will be very productive and not have any significant drop-off to where they were last year. And I think that's 
all you're hoping for with this group, even after that starting line, which I think would, would probably be a rough estimate of where they're at. You still have guys that have experience along that line. There was, you know, Josh Kaltenberger who filled in for Hartwig last year. He started three games last year, uh, including the big 10 championship game. Uh, you have other guys that have plenty of experience along this offensive line. So I think there is uh, depth. Uh, you brought in another transfer after uh, the portal. Uh, and, and I feel like that this offensive line, granted it stays healthy, should be one of the better units, at least in this side of the conference. I don't want to say that they're going to be the best in the Big Ten, but I think that there's a chance that they are really good and they could be one of the best units in the Big Ten West. I think that there's a potential they could be a top five in the conference. Because I think you're probably looking at Michigan, Ohio State, uh, Wisconsin, Iowa in there, uh, Illinois and Minnesota all fighting. And then I think Purdue is probably next in line somewhere in that Minnesota to Illinois type range with this offensive line. That was pretty productive, kept Aiden O'Connell upright for the most part last season. And I think if, if they're able to do that, keep Hudson card upright uh, and open wide open lanes for Devin Mockaby that they did numerous amount of times last season. I think the offense again can be very, very good, uh, can be good and, and productive and keep the, keep the defense off the field. Let's go to where I think the weakness of this offense could be. And, and it might not be necessarily a weakness. Um, you know, when we get through the first couple of weeks of the season, it feels like it's a weakness um, just because of what they lost and what the experience is that is coming back. And that's the receiving core, the wide receivers and the tight ends. You lose Charlie Jones, you lose Payne Durham, you lose Brock Thompson, um, Milton Wright as well. You lost a lot. And you lost a lot of experience, a lot of, a lot of uh, guys that were reliable getting the ball to. And what you're replacing them with feels like it, it could be good. Uh, there's, I think there's talent and what you have coming back and your leading receiver going to be coming into this season, TJ Sheffield. I think that's a good starting point. Can Mershon Rice, can Deion Burks stay healthy? Can Abdurrahman Yassin take a step up? He's been the highlight in those social media videos I mentioned a few minutes ago, him and another name that I want to mention that could potentially be another breakout candidate. Can Andrew Sawinski step in and be a reliable target? Cause I think you're going to, you're going to go down this depth chart of guys that are going to be in. You feel like you're going to be using a lot of different guys because of this air raid offense. Where does the tight end fill in? It really didn't, wasn't a prevalent target at West Virginia under Harrell. Uh, but I think when you have a target like Garrett Miller, it's really hard to ignore him or Paul Periphy, uh 
Pithari, excuse me. I think that you need to be able to get the ball to these guys because I think they're talented. They're just inexperienced. And that's why I think it's a weakness, a weakness area. It's just unproven. It could definitely surprise a lot of people. It could surprise me. I think that this unit can be strong by the end of the year. Granted, if it remains healthy all the way throughout the course of the, of the regular season, because you're going to have help, like I said, with Devin Mockaby, Dylan Downing, and Tyrone Tracy, that those guys are going to be able to catch the ball in the backfield, be a relief. Uh, Garrett Miller, I think you hope that he steps in that Payne Durham role. I, I think that, it granted, another health guy that you want to stay healthy because he can be very good. Uh, but there's there's a guy that has been featured in those social media videos that I wonder if how early he sees the field. It wouldn't surprise me if he you know sees sometime in these early non-conference games to start the year. And that's and that's Jalen Tibbs. Jaron Tibbs. I, I think that what he can be can be pretty special eventually. Uh, a, a true freshman out of out of Cathedral High School in Indianapolis, so just down the road. I think he can be very productive. He's made a couple of one-handed catches in practice already. I wonder how early he sees the field. I don't know if, if it's right away. I don't know if it's the first game against Fresno State. I don't know if it's, you know, down the line uh, against, you know, Virginia Tech or Syracuse because I think he can be really good. I think he could. It's it's all it's all dependent on what the guys in front of him do. Are they going to be able to stay healthy? If if they're not able to stay healthy, maybe he fills in. But what what we've seen early from camp and hearing, um, you know, reports out of camp, it feels like there's a lot of positivity um, with with Jaron Tibbs at, uh, at, at a wide receiver, the true freshman at a cathedral. So for the offense as a whole now, as we kind of begin to wrap it up here on the podcast, I think that this offense has a chance to be good to very good. They need to be good at the very minimum. I, I think, and I think when I say good, I mean, that means better than last year because there are a lot of areas. If you just look at the rankings of, of each individual stats, you know, points per game, passing yards, um, rushing yards. I think there's areas of improvement that can take significant jumps up and you don't need to, you know, take, a huge leap in all these areas for this offense to improve. I think there's areas in the running game that if you use it more, it could be a, a very good offense. And I, like I said, I think there's going to be more of a balance to this offense this upcoming season with Harold coming in. Uh, I would, I would expect that. I would hope that if I'm a Purdue fan, just because I think you have, one of your best offensive weapons in the backfield. And I don't know how you can ignore him at with not getting him the ball as many times as you can. I know we got the ball a lot last year when he finally, you know, burst on. 
the scene after the first two games. But I, I think there is a lot of potential if you get him the ball. So um, this offense needs to take a step forward for this team to not only be competitive in the West for one final time, but to get to, you know, where they want to get to this season, which is, you know, probably in the, in the six to eight win range, it's going to, I think, take more than that to win the West this year. I know there's a lot of hype around Wisconsin, Minnesota, Illinois, and in some regards, I'm a believer in some of that hype. Maybe not so much Wisconsin, you know, with a lot of people thinking they're going to just burst onto the scene with Luke Fickle. I think eventually they'll be very good. Um, I think with what Illinois comes back with, I think is, you know, a, a lot of production coming back, especially on that defense and Minnesota as well on both sides of the ball. But they're having a, starting a, a new quarterback. You know, that's the interesting thing about this side of the division is the amount of new quarterbacks. I think I think every team in this side of the division is going to have a new quarterback starting for them. And that's exciting. That's intriguing to where this um, division is going to end up. And I think that when you look at the hierarchy of the Big Ten West quarterbacks, you got to feel good with what Purdue has in Hudson Card. Is he the best quarterback? I think it's I think it's debatable with him and Tanner Mordecai. I mean, those guys have experience. Ethan Kaliak Manis from at Minnesota has some experience as well. Jeffrey Sims at Nebraska has a lot of experience, but you don't know where he's gonna be at health wise. So if if Hudson Card is going to be the guy and is going to be productive. Can they get the ball to Devin Mockaby as much as they can? Can this offensive line with a just a couple of new pieces remain solid at a minimum? And can there be a couple of guys behind TJ Sheffield that burst onto the scene? Whether it's Rice, Burks, um, I, I didn't even get to Jamal Erdean, who uh, the FAU transfer, who's going to be out for the season. He would have been a nice piece, but he's not going to uh, be able to be on the field this season after tearing his ACL in camp. Uh, can Garrett Miller uh, be that Payne Durham type? And uh, there's just a lot, I think, to be excited about. There's a lot of potential, and that can be a scary word for some. But if this this offense lives up to his potential for the 2023 season, going up against some really good defenses in the Big Ten West, I think Purdue still has a chance to be competitive in the, in the West and be in it in the final weeks of the regular season. That'll do it here for this episode of Behind the Rails of Purdue Football on the Believe Network. Make sure you hit that subscribe button or follow the podcast. Uh, get that notification uh, setting to where you have a new episode, which we're going to start cranking them out two times a week here. So make sure that you are getting that notification setting to where you are notified of a new episode 
each and every time these are going to be posted. Follow the show on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or some of you loyal listeners over there on Overcast as well. This has been another edition of Behind the Rails of Purdue Football. I've been your host, Bryce Vance. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.